This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street car tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastic co-host, Brie Tucker. What? Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> I was going to go for nosy. Nosy. Oh, yeah, because we are being very nosy right now. So here, where we record the podcast, we record it at my house. My office has, it's upstairs, and there's a window that looks out on the street outside. Like a huge window, like a bay window. Yeah, I am the neighborhood spy, like rear window Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> like I got it dialed in. I know exactly what's happening. And there's this house right across the street that I knew it was going for sale before that for sale sign even came up how do you know did you um, talk to the neighbor or no well I know his name so I, I do know him and I say hi but he keeps mostly to his own house but this woman went in and then she came outside and then she started taking pictures of the house and oh. I'm like oh selling it's selling <laughs> and then the for sale sign went up but right now like right before we pushed record there were people walking to the house and we know that it has a pending offer we know it has a pending <laughs> offer because that's how good our spy skills are <laughs> We like look up the address and we're like, oh, Zillow says pending. <gasps> and uh, I'm just like, gosh, I hope a family moves in there and I hope they have a kid my son's age <laughs> because that's really what needs to happen. He needs a friend right across the street that he can play with. And that would be my ideal situation. I think a lot of parents, like that's our hope when we see our neighbor's houses go up for sale. Oh, please, please let it be somebody that we can be friends with. Please let it be someone that my kids can hang out with. I totally want that yeah. that lifestyle where like they just run to their neighbor's house because it's like their best friend. And that'd be amazing. I, I want the sitcom life at that they I had have, My right? best friend used to live across the street from me. She was like two years older than me and we were best friends in like elementary school, but then she got in middle school and was too cool for me. Well, and <laughs> that happens. That age difference, man. As soon as they hit like 10 or 11, suddenly a mm-hmm. couple of years is a big deal where it wasn't before. But like having her there for elementary school years was great. So we were thinking like, how can I go and like, because they're inspecting. They're definitely in the inspection process looking to see like, 
people going in the house and like some people just walked in the front door and I'm like I want to go over and be like so hey are you I'm like we can go outside and just like casually be moving the trash can and be like oh hi are you moving in what are your kids and what are their ages okay okay everybody podcast fan please tell us we're not alone and that you have done something similar to this at some point in time where there was somebody outside you wanted to meet so you like ran outside and came up with a reason to be out there and be like oh hello I didn't see you there I've done this so much like there was a neighbors who moved in like a few years ago and at the time I was like there's really no kids in our neighborhood for my kids to play with And so I'm always looking for friends for them. And uh, I went up to them and I'm like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. And they were like this nice newlywed couple. And I didn't know they were newlywed at the time. But I'm like, so you have any kids? And oh, I got a really bad response. I was like, no, we don't have any kids. And I'm like, you were like, okay. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they got divorced. And uh, (laughs) she moved out. (laughs) So... I don't I don't think it's related, but it's just like sometimes my nosiness gets the best of me and I uh yeah. I think there's so many of us that do that. Again, please tell us. Like I would love some feedback <laughs> on this episode. I wonder how many neighbors know that I spy on them. Like they walk by the house and I'm like, What you doing? We see a lot of cars actually like go in reverse down the street. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like there's Again, like you have to realize that this window takes up almost the entire front of the house. So it's kind of hard to not see it happen. Plus, both of us have what we call shiny object syndrome yeah. or squirrel syndrome, where we're constantly like, oh, what's that moving? Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Huh? Who? Where? Where? So yeah, all the shiny object things. But that n- in no way brings us to the topic of this week's podcast episode, which is... <laughs> Finding our own thing. We do need to find our own thing besides watching the neighborhood. Maybe I need to find my own thing besides spying on my neighbors. (laughs) Oh my good lord. uh, So we have Common Happy Parenting going on right now, our inaugural class. We are so excited. So excited. And I'm loving all of the people in there. It's just, it's been amazing. And one of our big lessons is that you need something called unicorn time. And this comes from a book uh, by Eve Rodsky called Fair Play. But unicorn time is really having your own thing that makes you interesting. Yes. Having your own thing that is like definitely your thing. It's something that is all about you, not part of being mom, not part of being wife, Mm -hmm. not part of being whatever your profession is. It's you. But it's so important because having your own thing gives you more patience. It gives you something to fall back on when your kids are inevitably being like rude or mean or like just don't want to be around you or growing up. (laughs) Growing Growing up. up. Yes. So today we're talking all about unicorn time and how you can find yours. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. By the way, if you are enjoying the No Guilt Mom Podcast, we would love for you to leave us a review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, and we hope that we deserve your five stars. But when you leave us a review, 
let us know. Email us hello at noguiltmom.com and we will send you a little goodie of appreciation in yes. the mail. Yay. Yep. <laughs> they should probably send their address too, their mailing address well, as well, right? Yes. 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 So when you email us at hello at noguiltmom.com, just give us the name that you did your review under and then yeah, and your mailing address and we will be sending you a little goodie in the mail because we want to share the no guilt mom word. Yes, we do. So unicorn time. Now, it's so funny because in the Fair Play book, I was just looking at it before we started recording, and it's actually the unicorn space, but giving yourself unicorn space. And what it means is it is that hobby or activity completely for you that makes you interesting. Yeah. Because we get into this like mom identity where our whole life becomes being mom. Our whole life becomes doing stuff for our kids. And there are a lot of drawbacks to that. Right, right. So like, first of all, like we have a no guilt mom mindset that has several different mindsets that we feel like are really important for moms to have. And one of them is talking about how you need to have your own thing apart from being your mom or from being a mom. Sorry, Mm -hmm. not your mom. (laughs) And uh, moms need to have that own thing because we have to have those accomplishments that go beyond raising our family that not only bring us happiness, but also bring us that fulfillment. And And when we don't have that, like you said, there's a lot of cons to what happens when we ignore that part of our life. There are. There's things like the burnout, the loss of outside social relationships, the overinvestment in your kids. Like you'll be very concerned about everything they're doing. And that's where a lot of us start to become those helicopter parents, even though we don't necessarily mean to be. It's like one of those things we don't even realize it's happening when it's happening. Yeah. And you can get a lot of resentment too, because you don't have the own thing that fulfills you. Also, it might impact your relationship not having unicorn time because if you feel like the only thing you can talk about is your kids, that is a huge sign that you need some unicorn time for yourself. Right, exactly. Because again, like if you're only able to focus on the kids, they're probably not getting a chance to practice those life skills. And like you said, it has that negative impact on not only your social relationships with those outside of your home, but also probably with your your spouse or your partner, Mm -hmm. you know, too. It's Again, it's hard to have a relationship where you can't focus on anything but that role of being mom or but that role of being spouse. Mm -hmm. You need to give yourself that space to be a whole person and that in turn gives you patience and helps you enjoy life more. Right. Like I actually have a pretty big serious story about that. Mm -hmm. So like with mine, I had that happen to me where I got so invested in my role as mom and my family unit that I completely lost any sense of self-identity. Like I defined myself as mom to my kids, wife to my spouse, and what I did for my job being in early childhood. But all of it, kids came first, career second, probably wife third, the way I kind of like looked at it in that tier. Mm -hmm. But then what happened in my case was I had a harsh clash with reality. Is that Mm -hmm. what we'll call it? Yeah. So like what happened was in a very short period of time, my marriage ended and I was separated and didn't have my kids all the time. And I was the main parent. So I was the one who like I got up in the morning, got my spouse off to work, got the kids ready for school, drove them to school, drove straight to work, got done with work, drove straight to pick up my kids, did their homework, made dinner, did all the you know nighttime things with my family, went to bed, same routine the next day. Had absolutely no hobbies, no interests outside of that because first of all, I felt like I didn't have time. And second of all, I felt like my job was to be a good mom and that I had to do that so well that that meant that I didn't have time for anything else. So then what happened when I got divorced, my kids were with my ex 50-50. 
I would be sitting at home not knowing what to do. I had no idea what I liked to do. No idea. Completely lost all touch with that. So, I mean, it took me a while and I'm looking at you at this show because you were one of my like core, I had, I had my core girls that like kept me going during that time because it was a dark and rough time. And all of you kept saying the same thing to me, like, you know, you need to kind of figure out what's you, like what you like to do. Mm. And that's where like in my case, it took about a year, but I figured out like, oh, I really like doing stuff on the water. I really like kayaking, paddleboarding. I really love live music, concerts, all these things that I hadn't been doing that now flash forward four years later are a huge part of my personality and my identity. Yeah. And I don't think your situation like of not knowing what you like to do is unique because many moms don't know what they like to do. And whether it's a divorce that lets them like realize that or it's empty nest syndrome. It's when the kids leave home and you're like, what do I do with my life now? Like I, I saw it a little bit in my mom when I left for college and I knew that when I became a parent, like I needed my own thing. I needed Mm -hmm. my friends that I went out with. I needed my own life separate from my kids. And I think that like when my daughter was born, I went into postpartum because, oh my gosh, postpartum depression. (sighs) I thought I, I was chained to this child, especially because I was breastfeeding and like I had this loss of self where I only became the nutrition source and I wasn't like sleeping and newborns like they don't give you that like positive reinforcement that you're doing things right. They, <laughs> they just, just cry, cry all they the just time. Cry. All the time. And I got through that through the help of therapy and being told that like you don't have to do anything that you don't like to do. If you hate breastfeeding, stop breastfeeding, you know, just feed your baby. And that was like such a weight off my shoulders because I'm like, okay, okay, I can, I can take this away and I can give myself a little more space and time to find out what I want to do. And like six months after, and you'll, you might think I'm crazy for this. Six months after I had my daughter, I signed up for marathon training again. And I had run two marathons previous and I was like, you know what? I want to know that I'm still me. I'm going to do another marathon. And so I did. And I trained for a marathon when she was six months old. I had my long runs on the weekends with a group. And I, I did that marathon. I did two marathons back to back until I'm like, I don't need marathons to prove myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, and how great did that first marathon feel when you were like, I can kind of feel myself again? It was good. And you right? know, the time it gave me away from being a mom was really good. Like, I think that was key to healing from postpartum. To show myself that, hey, I still am me. I still have it. Like I can still be a good mom and not be there with my child 24-7. Exactly. And yeah. I think I really showed my daughter, like, she was one at the time, so she doesn't remember anything. <laughs> You're like, dang it. <laughs> but it was like how, I mean, she sees the pictures and she knows what I did. And she sees the pictures of me, like, high-fiving her when I was running along the marathon course. Mm-hmm. And those, like... Those mean the world to me. I mean, my sister was there, so she took all those pictures. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's Aww. great. But just having something like that was what took me out of of myself and really made me realize that I have to actively pursue things outside of my family. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick treatment away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And I think a big thing also to kind of just give a tip of the hat to is that a lot of us are struggling with this again due to the pandemic. Oh yeah, definitely. It's been more than a year where we were just all pretty much stuck at home with just our family, which is great. Again, like don't take this the wrong way. Love my kids, love my family, love them all so much, love Mm -hmm. my home. But that made me lose my connection to those things. Mm -hmm. Like I think I've been out on the water like three times in a year now. And I used to go every weekend. Mm -hmm. My last like live music thing I got to go to was in uh, like February 2020. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, like I'm seriously feeling like I missed some things. And like you were feeling like that too, for sure, as we were coming out of this. Oh, yeah. Travel. Like I traveled like once every like 12 weeks for my business. I had a business mastermind in Florida and I just got to do it again a few weeks ago. And getting on that plane and being by myself, I'm like, oh, this feels normal again. (laughs) Oh, I remember this feeling of happiness. Yes. It comes with a lot of guilt too that you have to actively push through because you're like, well, who am I to spend this time away from my family and all the work that's going to be on my partner and 
like things will be a mess when I come back. And that's not true for, for my house. Things are not a mess. My husband, I feel like, does a better job than I do. A lot of us do that though, right? Yeah. We have that fear that if we take that time for ourselves, the whole world is going to come crashing down. Mm-hmm. And, totally. and in some cases, let's just be completely frank. In some cases, it does in the very beginning. It does. It becomes a little bumpy, like, you know, I Messy. can't. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. And you need to learn to embrace that messiness mm-hmm. because, yeah, like there is a good chance that the first time you, you step away, especially if you've been such an integral role mm-hmm. in keeping everything rolling in your family, that when you step away, heaven forbid, dinner is going to burn that night. Oh, yeah. The kids aren't going to go to bed on time. Someone's going to end up forgetting their their lunch to school the next day, but it's okay. It's totally okay. Those are natural consequences. A lot of people ask like, well, what are the natural consequences? How do I know? And it's all those points of failure that make us completely uncomfortable with happening. Those are the natural consequences. And they're not consequences for us. They're consequences for the people that we are giving the responsibility to. And without them, they're not going to get a chance to learn those life skills. Like if we just keep jumping right back in and going, okay, no, 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 this is exactly why I can't take time away. And I hear that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we, and trust me, you're not alone. Those Mm -hmm. same, like those same thoughts have gone through Every mom's head at some point in time, I would say. Mm -hmm. It just depends upon where you're at on that spectrum about how quickly you can push through them. And your family's going to come to you and be like, oh my gosh, when you're not here, all these things happen. And didn't, you're like, didn't your son have a hard time the first time you traveled? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a hard time. He wouldn't talk to me on the phone because he was so sad every time I came on the phone, which made me sad, but also made me realize that he's great. He's fine when I'm gone. He's right. well taken care of. He just has to get used to it again. He just has to get used to it again. So but that's another those points. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing now. So, so here's my thing for you. So how do you find this identity? How do you find your unicorn time without going through a divorce? Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, it might be preferable to not go that route. I'm just saying it worked for me, but it might not be the best for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And Bree is kidding here. <laughs> I am. Hopefully you can hear that. Hopefully I can hear that. Oh, good Lord. But it's really taking the time to figure out what you like to do and what fills you up and having that trial and error Uh, trying some things. Maybe you don't like them at first. That's okay because as soon as you start going in one direction, you're going to get clarity and you're going to figure out, oh, this really isn't my thing. I need to go find something different. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it just like, I kind of look at it like shoe shopping, you know, not every style fits you the first time or you may or might be a little too bold for you at first. Yeah. And then eventually you're like, okay, I think I'm ready to try that. Or maybe it's just that size doesn't quite fit. So you know, you got to try different things. So like reading books, like reading is one of my unicorn time things. I read a lot. But other people have like Netflix shows that they really get into and they can talk your ear off about the characters and what's going on. And that's a source of connection action outside of your kids. Yeah. But I think, uh, again, like I talked about, like I found that I really, really love the water and I knew I liked the water, but I really, really love it. And so living in the desert here in Phoenix, mm-hmm. the way that I can handle that is by, again, like I got an inflatable kayak, which was mm-hmm. so much fun and like an easy way to kind of get into it. And I found some groups of people that go on the river or go out on the lakes a lot. So I got that social interaction. Plus, I get to be on the water and, and I'm in control of it. It's, it's It was really, really so awesome. And, yeah. I, and I just, ah. 
fills the soul. <laughs> or learning a new hobby. I've started with piano again. I did it when I was a kid, but I was always made to play classical songs and I can never get those pop songs. And really what I want to play are, are the fun pop songs that you could sing along to. So, oh my goodness. That's what I, I'm learning right now. Uh, I still have 80s pop song music because like that's what I used to play. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my old piano. Okay. I like, love 80s. This. I like you 80s. I like 80s music. <laughs> 80s, 90s. There you go. Like teach you some Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of um, a lot of people get a lot of satisfaction out of their jobs too, right? And I know that something that I see in a lot of relationships is that when you get married and have kids, women stop working because we get so much less than our husbands, and it doesn't seem to be worth it in the amount of time or pay. Right. And I think another thing to look into that that falls all on that same area, but you might not have realized it because so maybe you keep working. Mm -hmm. but you take a completely different view of your career. Mm -hmm. So like, again, I'm going to relate this back to me. Like before I had my kids, I had already moved up very quickly in the company and was already like a manager. I managed the whole early intervention department for an organization that covered like the majority of Maricopa County, which is the biggest county in Arizona. So anyways, it just, I had a lot of career aspirations. Mm -hmm. Then I had my kids back to back and was like, oh, well, I'm going to keep working in this field, but I really don't care what my job is anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I lost all of that passion for my career. I lost, I still had that as my identity, but I really lost that 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 career path. So like even, yes, the drive, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't quit my job, I still worked. Yeah. I completely lost that drive and that passion within my field. Yeah. And the passion is okay. Like it's good to have passion. It's really good to have passion. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't have both though. Like I feel like a lot of moms have that. You look at it and you're like, well, I can't be successful in my career and be a good mom. Mm -hmm. Has to be one or the other. You know, Denise talked about that. Yes. Denise Duffield Thomas. Yes. Mm -hmm. In her podcast episode, she talks about she runs into that mindset with so many moms and it's so sad. So many of us do have that thought process. And who is telling us that? We are. Society is. But it's so, it's, it's hard. Lie. I have uh, friends who quit their careers uh, and they had young kids and now their youngest is getting ready to go into preschool and kindergarten. And most of them are saying the same thing, being like, I want to go back to work. Like right. work is so much better. Like work, I feel successful. And it's true. At work, you feel successful versus like kids who yes we're doing great things in the long run and that relationship is wonderful but let's face it staying at home with a three-year-old all day is like draining oh my gosh draining yeah so yeah so your work could be your unicorn time you might just not know it could be yeah we'll be right back after a quick break If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, 
you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. What's the second tip for what they can do? Look back to your childhood. What did you find interesting there? What lit you up? What did you want to do all the time? Hmm. What did you want to do? Do you know? I'm trying to... Well, I always tell the funny stories about like how when I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a pizza maker. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That was my career aspirations. (laughs) Yes, it was so great. No, like I remember, again, actually, you know what? It comes back to my favorite thing that lit me up as a kid was when we would go to the beach. Yeah. When my childhood, I I was the actor. I always put together plays. I always wanted to perform. So that's what I do now. I mean, on this podcast, I perform. And I started this whole company as a hobby. And that was me pursuing my unicorn time. And as it's become more of like work, I'm finding I need more unicorn time to fill it. Right. So I'm going back to athletics. I've started a new program on the bike. And that's supposed to like increase my biking capability and then piano. But I was always a racer too. When I was in my 20s, that's when I discovered that, oh, I don't have to be so fast to run. I can just go and enjoy the race and get all the free food afterwards. (laughs) And I really like that. And so I I miss races, but they're starting to come back now after COVID. Right. I was going to say like a big part of this too is that things are coming back. So mm-hmm. we're going to be able to pursue more of those things. So like maybe you had something you loved as a child that isn't available right now because of the pandemic, but it's coming back, people. It's coming back. It's coming back. So there are ways to get there. And then so- number three. Yes. Make the time to do this unicorn time and protect it. And protect it. This is your time. And you can tell other people in your family that you're going to do this and you want to do this. And the hard part comes is when you're doing this and then people come and interrupt you. Yes. You kind of have to stick to your guns. Right. And I want you to think of it this way, okay? Because I hear you. I know already probably you're thinking that there's going to be some guilt coming in there of like, oh, I feel guilty. My kids need help with their homework. Mm -hmm. Or my spouse could really use me to help handle this aspect that's going on. Or whatever it is. Or in the middle of your time, your kids come and they're having this huge fight. Right. And you feel like you need to break it up because that has happened to me. When I'm on the bike, they'll come in and be like, he did such and such and she did such and such. And what I tell them is I'm like, can't hear you on the bike. (laughs) 20 minutes. And then I'm like, go. (laughs) 20 minutes and I'll be back. But, you know, a big thing to realize is that you are doing such a positive thing by setting up these boundaries Mm -hmm. and sticking to them. Mm -hmm. What I want you to do is think about the long game. All right. So your kids are little right now and they need you and you're or at least they feel like they absolutely positively need you and you feel like they absolutely positively need you as well. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at this like 10, 15 years down the line. They are now like 18 years old or older. Do you want them to have good boundaries where they can tell people no, you're asking too much of me or to be able to keep positive relationships and be able to say no to the toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you do. You want them to have a good boundary. And how are you going to do that? By showing them right off the bat that you are aware of those things and that boundaries are important and that you can keep to them. And also don't think that like you're going to need to be really strict with your boundaries on one thing all the way until they're 18 years oh, old. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. Usually like two, three times that you stick to a boundary, your kids respect it and they don't bother you during that time anymore. Unless bleeding or dying. Yes. 
there are those things like I tell my kids if nothing's on fire and nobody's bleeding it can wait yeah That's exactly what I tell my kids all the time exactly but make that unicorn time and protect it like we have some big unicorn time that we're scheduled to do in October with a little cruise to I'll admit, Italy. I'll admit, I'm 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 just as excited as terrified. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> and terrified too. I'm like so scared I'm gonna go away and everyone is gonna be mad at me for leaving them for so long. And like I'm just like the horrible mother for wanting to take a vacation away from my family. Those are the thoughts going through my head simultaneously with like, I get to be in Italy with my best friends and we're gonna have so much fun. Like two things conflicting conflicting right there oh Positive yeah dissonance right there it, exactly <laughs> exactly same thing here and like I have never been outside the U.S. really I think I've been to Mexico like twice for like less than a few days mm-hmm. so I'm a little terrified about going somewhere but you know it, again. that one's gonna be fine you're gonna we got you <laughs> Shana I got you on this one like <laughs> you guys are gonna so have to, I'm gonna be like that cat in the, we're gonna in be the carrier like, that's going to be like we're going to be like, time. now, Brie, you take out your passport. That passport, <laughs> you just have it stamp up. They'll ask you what you're in the country for. It's okay. And we'll poke you when you have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're not such a deer in headlights. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, all going to be fine. It's all going to be Lord. fine. Yes, yes. If it even happens in October. I know, I know. But that's, no COVID. But that's trips. unicorn time that we're, unicorn we're time. hoping to have. Yes. Something that is going to be ours and that we get to do. And and again, like you talked about, it doesn't take forever to get past that hump of your guilt and your family respecting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Think about it. When you were potty training your kids, it seemed like that was going to last forever. But they mm-hmm. eventually got it and you moved on. I'm not saying it's going to take as long as potty training did. But my point is, is that when you're in it, when you're th- in the thick of it, it feels like it's going to last forever and it's never going to get there. But it will. I and- promise it will. And in terms of like relationships too, like if you have a partner, taking your own unicorn time is really great because now that I've gotten the time to take my own, I'm like trying to get my husband to take some of his own. And like, I'm not resentful if he goes and he's like, I'm just going to go hang out at coffee. And I'm like, you do that. You go hang out at coffee because I know he was there to cover my back when I leave. And so I want to be there to catch him as well. And how much more refreshed and happy and fulfilled does he probably feel when he comes back and then he's that much of a happier better person for everybody in his life yes and everyone's a happier better person when they're allowed some time away because because what do we say about the mom a best mom is a happy mom the best mom is a happy mom take care of you yep and with that take some unicorn time tell us hello at noguiltmom.com tell us what your unicorn time is like we want to know And make sure to go get that happy parent checklist because if you do not get emails from us, what are you doing? We have a great newsletter that goes out every Tuesday with something inspirational separate from the podcast that uh, you can take and read and really put into action and apply. So come join the No Guilt Mom community. And until next time, remember, best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 